Amen. Have a seat. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna take a little bit of a break from our Saul uh, series, our series entitled "Make a Difference: Learning to Follow God Well." We're gonna be doing that because Pentecost is coming, and and for every Pentecost, we're celebrating in different ways. One of the ways we're celebrating, as you heard in the announcements, is we're gonna have a, a special um, offering every year. We'll have a, a one-time offering um, on Pentecost for different things. And so today, in, in getting ready for for um, Pentecost, I'm gonna talk about a topic that is is coming up for next week. I'm going to be talking about money today. I'm going to be talking about money. I'm going to be talking about offerings and, and generosity and, and clarify the difference between the two. Now, I'm going to put all my cards on the table before we get going. When it comes to churches and when it comes to pastors and when, when they start talking about money, my anxieties start going up. In fact, I start to get a little bit agitated and angry, and I, and I put on this, this, this uncharacteristic for me, like, critical spirit. I'm going to shred apart whatever they're about to say about money because it's mine. You know, that, that, that sort of idea. And, and, and I start to, to get this, this, this uh, critical spirit because I've got baggage. I've got baggage when it comes to churches and pastors talking about money. Part of the baggage that I carry um, has to do with having heard some terrible teaching on money before. Um, it's very passionate, very persuasive, and yet inaccurate teaching on money. Uh, things that came across as manipulative or, or, um, or uh, twisting the Bible to spiritually extort people out, out, of, out of money, making promises to people about money, which, which feels, feel like, like lies, and promises in extreme ways. Hey, if you give a pound today, you'll get six million for Christmas. You know, like that, that's sort of like, like concept. It, it, it's just it's just promises that aren't true but the tricky thing about them is that the bible does talk about the generosity of god towards people who are generous it does talk about you know like how god um is uh shows his favor and rewards those who trust him with their money and and so you've got 90 percent of this prosperity gospel that's that's got good solid biblical stuff behind it but there's 10 percent of it that twists it and you you twist anything in the bible 10 percent and you're going to end up all in all kinds of evil places, all kinds of horrible places. So when pastors start talking about money, I'm like, oh no, what if I'm getting this whole false teaching thing going on? Uh, another, another one of my alarm bells that goes off when, I, when pastors start talking about money is I get this jadedness uh, on the inside, and I start feeling like, oh man, the pastor's teaching about money. Uh, he, he must want a pay raise or something like that. Like he, he, maybe he wants another helicopter. I mean, three is not enough, right, for... For, no, I don't have any helicopters and I'm not, no, no. Uh, but, but that idea of start, start judging the, the motives behind the pastor or maybe, maybe the church, maybe the church, uh, they, they, have their, they have these plans and dreams for the church and they want me to give up my plans and dreams for the church's plans and dreams. You know, that, that's sort of like jadedness I just start assuming uh, is going on when the pastors start talking about, about money. I've got baggage. There's probably... I'm probably not the only one in the room. It would be convenient if I was the only one. Uh, and now I've given you lots of reasons for baggage. Uh, it, it, I'm not the only one probably with baggage when it comes to pastors talking about money and offerings and, and generosity. And so I just wanted to low, put my cards on the table, uh, lower some anxieties a little bit before we get, dive in, and just say, 
I get it. I get it. it sometimes it's hard to hear uh, about this topic. I, I, I want you to know, though, I don't have some sort of twisted, greedy motive be, behind this. Be, behind this, uh, If the offerings uh, go up, because we talk about offerings and people want to get their lives more in line with, with the teaching of the Bible, okay, praise God, it's, that's, that's between you and God. If, if more money comes into the church, we can do more. Every week I make decisions. Uh, like, Brian, should we do this? Should we do this? Should we do this? Should we do this? And, and money is part of the decision-making uh, process. If we had more, that would be helpful. But, but uh, we just figure out with whatever we have. Whatever we have, uh, there's no stress. There, there's, no, there's nothing behind this message like that. What I want today is I, just, I wanna learn. I wanna learn. I wanna look at the Bible and I, and I wanna talk about the types of offerings that, that God calls us to give. I wanna talk about God's practical purposes, the kind of why, why, um, he, why he has offerings and what are they to be used for. What does the Bible say the offerings are for? Uh, I want to talk about some of the lies that we can think, and people in our generation tend to think about money um, or, and offerings. And then without crossing any line into false promises, I do want to talk about God and, and his heart to uh, be generous to those who are generous to him. And that's, that's kind of where I want to go today. Now, there's a lot to cover. There's a lot of notes, and so uh, we'll, just, we'll just crank through this. But first of all, when it comes to money, and when it comes to, to this call to offerings, to be obedient in offerings and, and generosity, what we're really talking about has to do with the stewardship of what God has given us. Now, we have to address this in all of our lives, whether it's money, God has given us this amount of money, or whether it's gifts or talents or abilities or skills or, or opportunities. The, the questions that hangs over our lives when it comes to money is, what are we going to do with what we've been given? Again, that's also dealing with opportunities and skills and stuff, but we're talking about money. What are we gonna, be, what are we gonna do with what God has given us? And, and God has asked us, to give him some of it back. He's asked us to give some of it to him and back, and then will we do that? Will we give to him what he's asked us? Because from the beginning of time, there, there, there's a war. There's always been a war in, in, in our hearts. In every person's heart, this, this war when the topic of money comes up, every person, every church has to win the contentment battle. We have to win the contentment battle. This is how much God has entrusted to me. This is how much God, God has given me today. I, I, I have some great ideas of what I could do if I had more money. If I had more money, I could do this. I, if I had more money, I could do that. I've got great plans. I wish I had more money and I could do those things, but currently this is what I have. What am I gonna do? Am I gonna grumble and complain that this is all I have? Am I gonna borrow more money so that I can live on more money than God has entrusted to me with at this point? And we start thinking through this thing and then to these things and then to make matters worse, we're sitting there thinking, this is all I have. I wish I had more. I have plans for what I would do if I had more. But now God wants a noticeable percentage, a noticeable amount, a, a, a uncomfortable amount of the money that, that, I've, that, I, that I've been entrusted with. And, and right now, I feel like I could use more. And yet, God's calling me to live on even, even less. 
And, and so what am I going to do with this tension? And so that, that war has been waged in, in, in hearts at, from the beginning of time. I mean, you look at page four of the Bible, chapter four, and you, you see this offering challenge between, you got Cain and Abel, and, and, and Abel wins the heart battle when it comes to offering. He wins the heart battle, and he, and he loves God, and he responds well with the, the, his off, offering. Cain loses the heart battle. He brings an offering, and don't miss that. It's not like it was bring an offering or don't bring an offering. Cain brought an offering, and yet he still lost the heart battle there. There, there is, there's a, from the very beginning, there's just been this war going on about money, trusting Jesus, uh, and, and um, serving Jesus, and, and following him with our finances. The Bible talks a lot more about money than, than I do on percentage, percentage-wise. There's 700 times in the Bible where the topic of money is directly addressed. There's 2,350 times in the Bible where, our, where the Bible talks about our relationship with stuff, with, with things, with, with stuff and things. Jesus keeps talking about money. He talks about it all through his ministry, and he talks about it as a heart issue. Money is a heart issue. It's, a, it's an issue of, of do I, am I willing to trust God? with his provision for me? Am I willing to trust what he's given to me? And, and really, as Jesus talks about it, it's a, a heart test of do I actually love God? Do I love God? When I was reading 2 Corinthians this week for my Bible read-through, um, I was struck that, that real love is generous. Now, um, I was a teenager once, and, you know, not that long ago, I mean, a, couple, a couple of weeks ago, uh, hundreds of weeks ago, hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of weeks ago, I was a teenager, and, and I remember quite clearly when I was fi- 15 years old, and, 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 I, and I realized that having a girlfriend was devastating to my bank account. Having a girlfriend destroyed all my future plans. For, I, I, I had nothing left. In fact, I was scraping and pleading and begging for more money to, to spend on this, this, this woman because genuine affection naturally produces generosity. Genuine affection naturally produces generosity. Any, any, uh, yeah, I, I could have told you that at age 15. When you love someone, there's generosity. We know this. God knows this. Fact. Just fact. Paul calls that out. Paul calls that out. And when we're taking notes today about what kind of offerings does God want, the first kind that he wants is generous. Generous. He, in First Timothy, we read, instruct them to do what is good, to be rich in good works, to be generous willing to share God wants generous offerings he also wants number two cheerful offerings in 2 Corinthians 9 7 it says God loves a cheerful giver that 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 attitude that heart attitude Cain lost that battle there about that cheerful joyful um he wasn't grateful he, he wasn't loving God with his offering he was being stingy um I don't know what nation you were raised in. Uh, in Scotland, it seems that, uh, especially in parts of Scotland, that there is a, uh, a rather un- more than normal stingy spirit uh, when it comes to, to people and, and offerings. And, and if we give, if we give or, or as we give, 
cheerfulness in Scotland when it comes to offerings and giving seems to be a bit of a challenge. Seems to be a bit of a challenge. But it's a challenge that you can win. It's a challenge you can win and a battle worth fighting for. Cheerfulness. Thirdly, willingness. Willingness. Tell the Israelites, uh, God tells Moses, tell the Israelites to take an offering for me. You're to take my offering from everyone who is willing. For everyone who is willing. There, there's so many examples of this all through the Bible. God wants willing, will, people to willingly give. He doesn't want to twist arms or, 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 or anything like that. He just wants people to be willing to give because he knows that, that, that generosity flows from real love. Fourthly, regular regular offerings. Now, this is a, a poor example, but I'm, I'm going to go with it anyways. Uh, on the first day of the week, writes Paul, each of you is a set aside set something aside and save it and save in keeping with how he prospers i i didn't read this verse well earlier today on the first day of the week each of you is to set something aside and save in keeping with how he prospers did that work I, it doesn't work in my head for some reason so that no collection will be needed now that's an imperfect example but all through the Bible you see regular rhythms of, of giving whether it's offering seasons throughout the calendar year uh, Pentecost and, and um, uh, trumpet the Feast of Trumpets at the end of the year um, all that, that sort of stuff regular rhythms of offerings he wants them regular and fifthly it's proportional or percentage-wise. Again, um, that, that verse we, we, we saw that they were to set aside money in keeping with how he prospers. It, it, that, that percentage idea. Um, the smallest percentage when it comes to offerings that we see in the Bible, when it comes to offerings, is 10%. 10%. That's Abraham. And we saw Abraham, he gives 10%. From Moses onwards, it was 20%. The, the, the temple offering, uh, the tabernacle offering from Moses is 20%, and then every third year it's 30%. But if you bring cash, then you add a little bit more, so it'd be 24% and 36%. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Super fun fact, Brian, not fun at all. It, anyways, so, it, but it's a percentage thing. It's a percentage thing, which means that, yeah, the rich give more, and they give more, and the poor give a lot less. That's fine. That's fine. The amount doesn't matter. The percentage is what matters. God, the, the, the quantity of, of money doesn't matter. It's, it's just the percentage because it's about what you've been entrusted with, what you've been entrusted with, not what they've been entrusted with. And, and the whole church, family, kingdom of God thing isn't about everybody, it all being fair, meaning I give 10 pounds, you give 10 pounds, you give 10 pounds, you give 10 pounds. It's about you give 10%, I give 10%, they give 10%. It, it, and, and, and it can be, uh, some people just give more. That's, that's how God's set it up. When the poor bring their 10%, Jesus smiles, reawakenings happen, and, 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 and God notices, and, and, it's, and it's great. Uh, that God's being honored in that way. When the rich give 10% in the Bible, you see, well, oh great, the tabernacle is able to be built or repaired or, or fixed. Worship gets financed uh, again. Nation is impacted as the rich bring, bring their offerings. That's number five. Number, number six, uh, we see sacrificially, sacrificially. 
Mark 12. That's the story of the uh, poor widow who gives her last two pennies to God. Uh, again, it's, it's the sacrifice. It's not the quantity. It was 100%. It, was, it wasn't uh, 10% or 20% or 30%. It was the 100%edness that caught Jesus' attention. Because one of, one of the, the things that is, is, that is being evaluated, that's being tested when it comes to the a- aspect of money is, A, do you love me? Says Jesus. Do you love me? And also, do you trust me? Do you trust that I actually am who I've told you that I am, that I will provide for you? That, that I will provide for you. The, the, that's the type of offerings that we're called to give. And you know, it's, it's, in this church uh, over the years, it's been very special to stand at, the, at some of the early crossroads of people's lives. When we're there deciding, okay, I, I'm, I'm now starting university or now I'm getting my first job. And, and, I'm, and I get to decide now, what am I gonna do with what I've been tr- entrusted with now that I'm outside of my, my family's home? How am I gonna live now? Am I gonna trust God with my money? And you're looking and you're like, I don't know how money's gonna work. And, and I don't, for a lot of people, the whole idea of money, especially in times of transition, is unnerving. And the temptation is to hold on to it at the, and to see how it goes and then figure out the offering thing later. But Jesus is, and the Bible is constantly saying, no, 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 no. I, it, it is unnerving. Trust me. Start with me and then, and then we'll, we'll see how it goes. And, and you'll see that I, I will take care of you and then I'll provide for you. The type of offerings we're called to give are, are, are percentage-based or sacrificially. Uh, but did you know that we're not just called to give 10% to God? To God. I, I hear this a lot. Like You're called to give 10% to God. Actually, the Bible's more specific than that. It's to bring that offering. We're not talking about generosity yet. To bring that offering, in this case 10%, to specifically to the temple in the Old Testament or the synagogue or, the, or what ultimately messianic synagogues, churches and all that kind of stuff in the New Testament. There is four very clear biblical things that that offering, that 10% or 20% if you follow Moses, uh, that, 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 they're, that they're set up for. It's not just for anything. It's not just to God. It's, it's, for some, it's for specific things. The first thing that the offerings are for, God's practical purpose for our offerings, number one is for the building, repairing, remodeling, maintenance, and worship in the house or houses of God. That's, that's what it was set, set aside for. Whether it was the building of the tabernacle or both the temples or, or how, the, the, how it was all financed, how the workers were financed, the repairs were financed, um, that was to be done by offerings. God set aside offerings for that purpose. The early church continued to bring their offerings to the temple. They continued to do that. That's where they were meeting every day. They were gathering in the temple courts, says Acts chapter 2. Day after day, they were meeting together in Solomon's colonnade. And they're, they're, they're continuing to bring their offerings to the temple. A portion of our offerings here at, at, at Regarding Hope, they, they, they go to the exact same things that the Bible set apart offerings for from the beginning for the last several thousand years. Uh, covers things like insurance. Did they have insurance back then? Maybe not. Uh, uh, but building stuff, building costs, lighting repairs. We had, a, we had water pouring through our roof this week. Um, 
twice, more water pouring through the roof than, I, than I've seen pour through any roof in, in my whole life. It was, it was, it was amazing. Uh, and some of the offerings went to get that sorted. Uh, worship, the speakers, the, the musical equipment, that's what offerings are, have been set aside for for the last 3,500 years. That's the same way that we, we use them here as well. That's one. Another purpose that God has set apart for offerings is to financially support those who lead, especially those who teach. 1 Corinthians 9, the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should receive their living from the gospel. Uh, we do that around here. I uh, get paid. And some of the leaders uh, also get paid around here. That's, that's part of where the offerings are supposed to go, and that's where they go. Thirdly, um, offerings are supposed to go for the global church needs global church needs we see paul is supported on mission trips from from the churches and from people throughout throughout different cities and, and regions we see him gathering um offerings from from asia to support the jerusalem church and greece and asia to to support the church in jerusalem when they had need he was sent out with with monies from more of that area to go into those areas initially the global needs of the church um, part of this church's story from the very beginning we have always supported the impoverished and persecuted church around the world through release international i, I found out recently that we are in Scotland, Release International's largest supporting uh, church financially, the largest financially supporting church. And you know what? It's not a competition. But boom, right? That, that, that's exciting that, that, that we're able to, to be a church that's making a big difference around the world, especially with those who are, are hurting and suffering, the global church. Uh, I love it that we're part of that. You know, we've been a part of building that thing in Mukteswar. Uh, Mukteswar, that... that um, Sathera, we support missionaries that go out here. The, the global church, that's one of the reasons. If you want to know where some of the offerings are going connected to the global church, on this wall behind me out in the lobby, there's, there's, just, there's information about different places that that has been going to. That's number three. The fourth biblical place for offerings that are supposed to go is for the focused uh, ministry and mission of the local church. So the early church, you know, it was known for its ministry to the poor, uh, for the marginalized, especially to the wind widows, and that was a part of their powerful ministry. Many priests became Christians uh, because of that ministry in Acts chapter 6. Uh, God's also, as a church, calling us to be, to be more on, on mission in each location, the south side, here at the west end, being more on mission, but he's also given us a special opportunity to expand our mission in this city, uh, in the Royston area, uh, with, with the north location, uh, an area that's uh, way more uh, poverty and challenges than, than, uh, than say, in the, in the south side. Now, <laughs> I, I just know God's, God's leading us in that direction. He's talked about north, south, east, and west. I got a text this Wednesday, uh, random text, random text on uh, someone who doesn't go to our church, and they wanted to know if I was possibly interested in a potential church building on the in the East End, I'm like, oh no. <laughs> I was hoping for just a little bit of breathing room. Jesus, is this really, it's really, is this really time for this? Uh, how's my blood pressure? I, I don't know. But I'm praying about it. And I'm exploring it because Jesus said North, South, East, West. And so uh, I, I find it really uncomfortable. But if this is, if this is where God is going to be leading us, uh, if he's wanting us to walk that way, then, then it's up to us to have the courage to trust him in that. But the thing, whether, this is, whether that location is right or not, who knows? If you've been around here, you know we've explored a lot of locations that haven't worked out. But 
if that location is right or not, I know that God is, uh, is expanding our ministry here in this city. And part of that is, is reaching into uh, more poor areas of our city. And so offerings are going to go to financing some of the ministry and mission of each location and as our locations expand. Okay, when, when we're talking about offerings, as opposed to generosity, we're not talking about generosity yet. When we're talking about offerings, we're, we're talking about um, the 10% thing. Now, unless you're follow, if you care, if you like Moses better, you can do the 20% thing. But if you're going to go with the Abraham thing, 10%. And, and, for, and those, those offerings, offerings are supposed to go to the place of worship, the, the church or, or the temple or whatever, for those four reasons. God doesn't say, give me 10%. And, or 20% and do whatever and just however you want to do that that's, that's not what he says now I think that's how a lot of people think in our generation but that's not how it was set up for instance like in, in Jesus' day let's say somebody's going to the temple they've got their 24% because they've cashed it out so you add a, a little bit of percentage and they decided not to bring stuff but cash instead so they go to the temple they got their 24% and as they're walking up the temple steps there's somebody there on the, on the steps and wow that person needs money in fact I have great compassion for them that, that person they, they're, they're struggling with life they've had a really rough rough go and, and I feel compassion and then I want to give them something what they're not going to do is take oh I'm going to take 5% of this 24% that I was about to give to the, the temple I'm going to just give it to God anyways they're not going to take out of that and give to this person that's not that's not what the offerings were for. The offerings were for this. What the call of their heart is at that moment isn't to, to take from their offerings, but to take from their generosities. And at that moment, they don't say, okay, I'm gonna take this percentage and, and out of it. They say, no, I'm gonna take out of my pocket other stuff that God has given to me, and I am going to love this person. I'm gonna care for this person. But that's where generosity starts. That's not, uh, some people think, I bring my 10% to the church, I'm so generous. No, you're hitting the absolute minimum. <laughs> that you're, you're, you're being obedient is what you're being. Generosity starts after that. Generosity starts after that. Uh, so as God-loving people, we're called to bring our offerings in obedience, but also to be generous and joyful in our, in our generosity, just doing what, what God nudges our hearts to, uh, to do. In our day, a lot of people get confused and they say, okay, God, God, uh, I, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna do the, I'm gonna do 10%, the smallest bit that matters, and I'm just gonna give it wherever I want to give it. I wanna give it. I just wanna challenge that today. I want you to look at the Bible today and just be like, Actually, the Bible has clear purposes for, for the offerings bit. It's the generosity bit that's wide open. Um, the early church, all that stuff about bringing the money at the disciples' feet or the apostles' feet, that was after they'd given their 20%. They'd already given their money to the temple at that point. And then they're bringing, being generous and taking care of the poor that, that, are, that are amongst them. When God's people don't bring their, their offerings to the local church, when they confuse generosity and offerings and when they blend them all together, the church's effectiveness, 
the church's potential, the church's health, and the church's mission are proportionally reduced and limited. Fact. And I'm not complaining about that. I'm not complaining about that. We live just like you live. Uh, we're going to live on what we've been g- given and what we've been entrusted with as a church. Um, but yet, when, when, when you're obedient, uh, then that helps us with, with the decisions that we make for impact. Now, there's some different lies that, I, that we hear over the years when it comes to offering. One of the lies that I've heard uh, in, in our church and, and just, just in, our, in our generation, okay, I'm just going to pretend I've not heard any of these in our church, uh, out there, um, lies that I, I've heard. One, God is pleased with, uh, with just any amount, with just any amount. I give him something. I give him something, and he's pleased. Um, no. Uh, you, you look at the book, just look at the book of Malachi, four chapters, it won't take you long, and you look at Malachi, and you see how God feels about stingy offerings. He feels insulted by them. God's perspective of himself is that I'm a great king, is his perspective. Jesus, King of kings, Lord of lords, I am a great king. Stingy offerings that don't walk in obedience, that will bring to our king this, this offering. The stingy offerings are, are more like treating him like a beggar. What do I think I should give to God today? Well, what do I have in my pockets? It's a, it's a ring. It makes me invisible. No. Uh, what, what do I have in my pockets? I, I've got, I got some change i've got some 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 money some some cash whatever i've got i'm just gonna give god what i have as if i was walking down the street and i pass somebody who's sitting there and be like hey i got a cup do put money in it and and you're like okay what do i got in my pockets some people treat god that way and he's Jesus, god's like i'm not a beggar i'm a king i'm the greatest king treat me like it um if if I, was, if I cared about how much money came in and I felt like, okay, we need to raise the offerings around here, I could do it in a week. I, in one week, I could raise the amount of offerings in this church. I know how to do it. You know how you do it? Just pass a plate around. Pass a plate around. And people who don't give, who aren't planning to give, who have no intention to give, some of them will feel guilty because it's coming around they're going to feel like people are going to watch them and with that pressure they will reach in their pocket and be like oh dang it and and they'll put more money our church's income will go up if we do that i hate that idea i hate that i have no interest in in having as a church as much money as we can possibly have what i have an interest of is treating god how he deserves to be treated like a great king not like a beggar and so from the very beginning I said we're not going to pass anything around even though we would have more money from doing it we're going to make it difficult we're going to make it challenging we're going to make it we're going to have people have to be intentional either to sign up and give online or or to intentionally bring it to strategic places that we hide in corners where you can't even hardly see it and and you're easy to forget about if you want to give an offering around here you're going to have to approach it like I want to be obedient to this God that I love who saved me and rescued me in Malachi chapter 3, God is strikingly clear that when we don't bring our whole offerings, that percentage speaking, that, that we're robbing God, and he curses those who, who do that, who rob him in that way. Some, something, anything, no, no, no. God is like, I'm a great king. I'm not a beggar, I'm a great king. That's line number one. Line number two, the quality of the, it's about it, they write about it, he gives money to the temple. 
Who are running the temple? The people who are trying to trap him in his words, the Sadducees. The people who are trying to trap him in his words. The people who are setting him up for, for all these, like, these weird questions like, oh, uh, you know, like, let's say this guy was married and then died and then his married, girl was married again and then seven times and married and whose wife. Just try to make Jesus look stupid. And, and, and The same group of people who are intentionally coming up with false witnesses so that they can try him and execute him. Okay, I would say that 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 wouldn't that wasn't the most godly leadership structure, uh, the most godly leadership in, in that moment in, in that tent. And yet Jesus is bringing his offerings there. There, there's lots of stories of people who protest the leaders of a church by by just not giving an offering. If you try to do that here at this church, a, I probably won't even notice. I probably won't even, it's not gonna, it's not gonna, it's not gonna hurt me. I, I'm not really paying attention to, to, to your giving. I, I, you're, you're not gonna hurt me. B, I don't care. I, I, don't, I don't care. That's a fight between you and God, not between you and your church, not between you and your elders, not between you and me. That, that, that's, that's not a fight. I, I've never heard of that happening here before, but if it is happening, and I'm oblivious. I'm oblivious to it, but God isn't oblivious. And if you go to another church and that's your maybe regular church and, and you're, you're in pro, a sta- situation of, of tempted to protest by not giving an offering, don't do that. Offerings are between you and God. It's, bet- it's between us to give obediently to God and it's, it's between God and those leaders to, if they're stewarding it rightly or wrongly. It, that's, that's between them and, and God. Uh, just throwing that out there. That's a lie. Uh, third, third lie is that the New Testament believers do not need to give as much as the Old Testament believers because of hashtag grace. Because of grace. We, grace means we don't have to give money. Uh, praise God for the grace that means we can be selfish. Yeah, that's, that, that's, not, that's not in the notes. Uh, Jewish Jewish believers in the early church, like I said, they were giving to the, to the temple. They were already giving their 20%, and then above and beyond, they were bringing money to their, to the, it's just a lie. It's just a lie. Uh, fourthly, I can get my life sorted and then start giving. Haggai chapter one. And I, and I was alluding to this a little bit earlier, but the Bible describes people who are trying to establish their lives, especially when it's difficult. This generation, it's very difficult to get established. It's difficult to get enough money to purchase a, a, a flat or a place to live. It's a, it's a difficult generation to get fiscally established. The, in, in the Bible, you have several generations where they're also having a challenge. Like Haggai is, a, is, a, is an example of one of those gener- generations. And they came back from captivity and they were like expecting prosperity and, and, and goodness and, and all that kind of stuff. But instead, they were struggling and they were poor and they just didn't seem to be able to quite ever have enough. And God challenges them. He's like, look at your ways. Look at what's going on. You're trying to set up your own homes first, and you're neglecting me. It's like, I'm frustrating you, God says. I'm frustrating your finances. He, he says, instead do this. Trust me. Go to take care of my house first. Deal with me. Give to me first, and then watch and see if I won't provide for you and, and take care of you. And that's the challenge of, of, every, of every person in our generation. It's like, will I trust God first while, while I'm trying to establish my life? Will I start giving then 
Or will I, have the t- will I fall to the temptation? First, I'm gonna take care of myself. And then as I start getting in the, in the rhythm of things, then I'll start giving to God. Doesn't work, doesn't work. That's not how God has set it up. So those are four lies. Um, why should I give? The Bible gives some reasons. I'm just gonna read it right straight through them. Uh, why should I give, according to the Bible, to obey? To obey. We've been, talk- we've been a series talking about following God well. Uh, this is a simple obedience one. Either you are or you aren't. Yeah, simple obedience to the Lord's clear command, Old Testament, New Testament. To prove my love for Christ, again, genuine affection, genuine affection is generous. To prove my love for Christ, it's more blessed to give than receive. To confirm my heart's desire, to please the Lord. It it makes him happy when we bring our our joy-filled offerings. To combat materialism. They used to have materialism back in the old days. We, we don't really have that. It's, it's this thing. But anyways, if that means something to you. To combat materialism. Uh, no throwing elbows to the people next to you. Okay. Uh, to produce eternal rewards. To finance all the things God's church is supposed to finance. Things we talked about uh, earlier. So those are some of the whys in the Bible. And now we come to what I find is the bit I'm most worried about when it comes to money, or at least talking about money. And it is the inescapable teaching of the Bible that God, in this life, usually, generally, financially rewards and, and, and is generous back to those who are generous. To those who are faithful to give him offerings, he is faithful to, to be generous back to them, uh, uh, above and beyond. Now, th- this teaching is all over the Old Testament, it's all over the New Testament, and I'm not gonna make it a promise, although I have witnessed the truth of this all throughout my life, which produces thanksgiving to God through us. There, there's so many passages throughout the Bible that with that same message, same message whatever my baggage might be when it comes to prosperity gospel and and all of that all through the bible we see that when we give offerings when we're faithful and trust god with 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 what what he's given us that god will generously bless us back uh, in this lifetime the thing is god is actually real. God, God is real. This isn't just a, an idea. God is real. And, and Jesus uh, really, he, he was this real person who actually was genuinely historically crucified on a Roman cross in the first century. It, it, it actually happened and whom God raised from the dead and has pointed to him through all the scriptures saying he is the king of kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He is, Jesus is the great king. And, and this Jesus, the, the king, has offered anybody in, in, in all the world to, to give their lives to him, to join his kingdom. To say, Jesus, I want, I, will, I want you to be my king. And Jesus says, okay, if you give your life to me and you surrender to my kingship and you join my kingdom, you're invited, you're welcome, no matter your background, no matter your story, I will forgive you of everything. 
I will give you a new beginning in Jesus. I will cleanse your heart of guilt and shame. I'll remove the guilt and shame. I'll grant you eternal life to everyone who believes. If you make me king of your life and you follow my kingship, then, then I'll give that to you. Now, some of you have given your life to Jesus and you've received grace and you've received mercy and, and, and you've received all that. And now the call is to love him and to trust him. And the money piece is right at the heart of that. The offering piece is right at the heart. We're gonna give you an opportunity to give your life to Jesus in just, in just a few moments. But first, I got a couple challenges. Challenge number one is uh, examine examine and if needed get right your regular offerings to whatever church you consider your main church if this is your main church or if whatever if you go to a church on sunday mornings and and you're like well it's, that's my real church because it's sunday morning uh, <laughs> then uh great whatever I, I i don't care you just whatever you're standing before god get your regular offerings right if if they're off track Secondly, we are going to have a special offering uh, next week, above and beyond offering at Pentecost, and that's about generosity. That's about generosity, and we're, the purposes for that is going to, to help get us established when it comes to finishing up some of the office projects, potentially, depending on, on how much comes in, go towards the, the north location, Rehope Royston, um, getting that open and established. It's just going to be a one-time, one-time offering just next week, uh, that's all. So, but you can pray about that in response to assessing your, your money situation and, and the stuff that we talked about today. Um, I, I'm going to pray for us, but I think I'm going to invite the worship.